new to the Jeremiah Show. It's the Angel Baby Show. This is the story of two sisters talking about the things they love most. Pop culture, social media, entertainment, music, and fashion. And now, the Angel Baby Show, featuring Elise and Ava Lynn. Um, today we are back. This is the Angel Baby Show. I'm Elise. And I'm Ava Lynn. We're so excited to have you guys back. If you if you didn't notice, we're playing some kind of back-to-school vibes music. Uh, Britney Spears, you know, little schoolgirl, because it is back-to-school time. And um, after this segment, we're going to talk all about packing and things we recommend, because at the end of the day, we are college students. And um, even if you're not a college student, packing and moving is still a part of life. So stay tuned for that. But we were just going to talk a little bit about pop culture for this like very first segment. Yeah, we have a couple announcements, just things that are going on right now, things that are causing a lot of buzz on TikTok or social media or Instagram. Um, I think the first thing that we were super excited, kind of following from last week in our amazing, surprising, unexpected Taylor Swift concert, um, Taylor Swift announced, I believe on the last night of her Eras tour in Los Angeles, that she is going to be doing um, her own version, re-releasing the 1989 version. Um, in case you don't remember, 1989, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, um, 1989 was Taylor Swift's uh, pop album that she released. It was her first initial break from country music where she tried out pop music. And I remember in 2014 and 2015, everyone was talking about Taylor Swift. She had huge hit songs that were played over and over again. Um, what was it? Blank Space, Style, Bad Blood, Bad Blood Shake It Off. Um, it was super fun. And do you remember that in North Carolina, like how everyone was singing her songs? And oh, my gosh. No, I remember I remember specifically doing a talent show and you kind of ha you had to like try out for the talent show like before, you know, just to make sure you were like doing something appropriate. But um, it was like elementary, middle school. L I'm not even kidding. I think it was like three different acts all just singing blank space literally like just three different ones and i remember my friend and i we were doing it and we were gonna sing blank space or something and then we were like oh my gosh thank goodness we didn't do it um because literally every single girl was singing blank space um, i still remember like those music videos that came out and i know blank space she was kind of like mocking what the press was saying about her so she kind of wrote a song personifying herself as that like figure or that villain. I heard that Bad Blood was about Katy Perry, which I don't know. I don't know if that's legit or not. Um, and I heard Style was about Harry Styles and when she dated Harry Styles. So kind of a, a very tea filled album with lots of lots of gossip and interest. But I you can't really you can't really deny her musical talent. And I think that to to switch so gracefully from red, which is country but like you can see her becoming more mainstream to 1989 which is fully pop there's right. really not a lot of yeah in that um but that's being released october is it 27th that october. sounds yeah, that date sounds right what what i'm the most excited about i think what everyone's most excited about for these like re-releases is she's releasing songs we've never heard before that were you know supposed to be on the album and weren't and I'm so excited for these re for these releases because I think they're going to be really fun. And she herself in like an Instagram post said that they're insane. So yeah. if Taylor Swift are saying that they're insane, I am going to 
I'm going to think that they're insane because she's so, so talented. She she captioned her post. Sorry, I cut you off. She captioned it to be perfectly honest. This is my most favorite re-record I've ever done because the five from the vault tracks are so insane. I can't believe they were ever left behind. Yeah. And that's coming from Taylor Swift, who writes a lot of really good songs. So I am so excited for that day. I think we will talk about that in October, um, literally something to look forward to. And then the next thing we're going to talk about kind of, this is creating a ton of controversy on TikTok, And it's so interesting to talk about is they are making a remake of the live action snow white. Um, and it's starring Rachel Zegler, who was the actress in Steven Spielberg's West side story. She's playing snow white and she's starring alongside Gal Gadot. Um, I don't really know who else, but people are actually, and I think this is so fascinating and I I can't wait to hear what you have to say about the Seba is so they're kind of taking a very different approach to the classic story. They're rewriting the script. Snow White is not saved by the prince. I think they don't have the seven dwarves anymore and they're like making it very kind of so, uh, really similar to the Christian Stewart Snow White that came out in like 2012, where they're just really rewriting the plot and the live action. And so, and this really surprised me, but so many people in my generation, like on TikTok have been commenting, like, please like stop rewriting these classic stories. Like, please respect like the original creators. And if you're going to completely like rip apart the story, then don't call it Snow White or make it something different. Um, And I don't know, that is really interesting to think about because because the actress has kind of been mocking the 1937 version of the of the film. And she's been she's been kind of like making fun of it for how dated it looks and how old it is. And I don't know, like, I think I'm a huge Disney fan. And I think that if you really put into context the fact that. The fact that the Disney creators. Wrote this first, like full feature children's animation film with no budget, no money. This Disney was not like Disney during this time yet. It was like their first movie. I don't know. Like, I feel like you just kind of have to give respect to where it's due. And so um, anyway, sorry, I hope I didn't spill off on that, but that's what no. people are talking about. It's really, yeah, weird. no. And I love to hear your opinions, Elise, cause I know you were like, you know, a lot about film, obviously a lot about scripts, a lot about, um, you know, stories, a lot about fairy tales. So it's really interesting to hear like what you think about it. I think it is funny to see people pushing back on like, um, making something, you know, woke or whatever, because, you know, obviously like it's way different than like what we've been seeing in the past where people, you know, are pushing for, but I like, they're kind of making this, people that are pushing back on Rachel's, you know, like overzealous, like changing everything. People are saying that like feminism like goes so far to where it's almost like, like not, not yeah, yeah. Like not doing, cause it's like, yeah. why can't a girl just want a prince? Why can't a girl just be yeah. sweet and soft and not, yeah. like, you know, need to well, fight they, for everything. And, and yeah. that's what they, a lot of people have been saying that like, what was so great about the Barbie movie is it incorporated feminism as like, you can be a leader. It's okay to be ordinary. It's okay. If you're not the president of the United States, that doesn't make you any less great. And so I really like that about the message of feminism is like, it's supporting all women and whatever they choose to do, whether it's, they just want to chirp with the birds and play with animals like Snow White or they want to be some great leader because I think Snow White was known not for being some there there was one funny argument that she is total alpha in the house but um but Snow White was known to be sweet and gentle and kind and caring that was what Snow White was known for that is like her figure as a person and Snow White wasn't an aggressive, powerful, ambitious leader in, in some aspects. And so, you know, I think that there's, there is something to like, don't disrespect some, like, or the, there's a really famous quote from little women that people have been bringing up where Emma Watson, who was really in love with this guy and just wanted to get married and have a family. She said to her sister who was very like, not interested in the married life. And she just said, just because my dreams are different than yours, doesn't make them less important. Yeah. And I think that's a very important um thing that kind of relates back to the snow white topic is just you know everybody can have a different yeah 
goal and, or thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally what I love about the other live actions like Cinderella and, you know, the Little Mermaid, you know, in the cartoons, like I don't even think the prince like speaks, you know, and it's just kind of like underdeveloped and you're kind of like, what is happening? But what's great about the live actions is they make it like a little bit more modern. You know, they show the love story. They make it believable. You know, it's it's not a cartoon anymore. It's a live action. It's live people. They, you know, obviously show that the princess is more developed and an amazing human and everything like that but they don't change the story you know just because it's cinderella and it's snow white and you know or the little mermaid um so yeah i I think it kind of going back to what you said like you know if you're going to change the whole story make it something like mirror mirror or you know the thing with kristen stewart where it's just a different story and that's okay that it's a different story but um i think when it's like disney literally recreating its original movie yeah. you know i think that that's where like some of the like integrity gets lost and it's sad and i don't know i like i think i talked about this a while back but like disney needs to according to this like stock show like disney needs to put more energy into like the creative aspect and instead of like you know the, remaking like, and re-making. yeah like the yeah. things like that just because all of the like creativity and you know integrity of disney is almost just like going away with you yeah. know everyone's opinions everything like that so but yeah. i do think rachel in west side story she is a beautiful voice she has a stunning voice and i hope that it's like not as different as they're making it seem to be i like i just i hope it has like that you know snow white aspect um but we will see i don't know once it comes out i'm excited for it to come out just to just to see what it is um, Me too. I think yeah. like I'll always I'll always stay in a Disney princess movie and I'm always yeah. going to watch one. But um, yeah, I think I think we have to go now. But that was kind of our pop culture announcements wrap up discussion. Um, and I have a really exciting interview that taught me a lot about sugar. Trigger warning. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's just scary things to know about sugar. So I'm really excited to introduce her. And in our next segment, um, we'll be right back. This is Noelle Crooks, and I am the author of Under the Influence. You are listening to The Angel Baby Show. Welcome back to the Angel Baby Show. I am really excited to introduce to you Dr. Joan Ifland in honor of back to school and kind of kickstarting a healthier lifestyle. I had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Joan Ifland. She um, taught me so much about sugar and food triggers and the difference between, you know, eating your feelings and actual physical hunger. So if you have any interest, please tune in. I'm super excited to share this with you. Why do we eat our feelings? Nutritionalist counselor Dr. Iflin discusses the difference between emotional eating and physical hunger. Here's Elise. Um, Hi, I'm Elise Thurston, and today I will be interviewing nutritional counselor Dr. Joan Ifland, who specializes in emotional eating, food triggers, and the psychology behind binge eating. Um, How are you, Dr. Ifland? I am just delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you. And I'm so excited to talk about this subject because I think that this is something a lot of people struggle with, especially after quarantine. Um, for me, um, a lot of the people I know, many of us, we turn to food when we're under stress, when we're in fear, when maybe we're just bored because it can give us this false sense of fullness. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm curious, what emotions would you say trigger food cravings the most? What emotions cause, what, what, which ones should we look out for? Yes, and this is such a good question. Any strong emotion tr can trigger a reaction in the brain which consists of activating, hyperactivating the reward centers in the brain. And that means your brain just floods with cravings. When we're uh, under stress, the brain will try to make us feel better by activating the reward centers, the pleasure centers, but that activates the addiction too. So this is not, it's just a mechanical action in the brain that is the result of a lot of addictive business practices related to processed foods. And that's interesting that you say processed foods because I find myself, and I think a lot of people, when we are craving foods, we go to these childhood comfort foods, these carbs. Um, what would you say, why, what, what is it about these snacks? Why, why do we like snacks when we're emotionally eating? This is a good point. Um, so the snacks are addictive. They have, um, they have been formulated to be addictive. They've been formulated to hyperactivate those reward centers so that we lose control and we are under the influence of those cravings. Mm -hmm. So they, we know things like sugar is more addictive than cocaine. And fats activate the same part of the brain as marijuana and excessive salt and um, dairy have withdrawal syndromes that are just like drug withdrawal. So we go to the, the processed foods the same way 50 years ago, we went to cigarettes. When we were upset, we smoked a cigarette. Now the, the tobacco companies with their addiction business model they moved into processed foods in the mid-1980s. And you just like have to say, what is the motivation of an addiction company to come into processed foods? Well, they saw an opportunity to create addiction. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's something that a lot of people, like we, we crave those cookies, we crave something to snack on. Um, and so another thing that I think is really interesting about hunger is a lot of times we don't always recognize when we're physically hungry. Mm -hmm. We want to eat something, but maybe our bodies don't actually need food at that moment. Mm -hmm. So what are the signs to tell the difference between I'm just emotionally hungry right now or I'm physically, I actually need food right now? This is such a good question. Cravings happen in the head mm -hmm. and they are for these foods that we've been, we've been duped into thinking are foods, but they're actually drugs. If you're hungry, it happens in your stomach. Your stomach is right underneath the bottom of your ribs, and that's where you'll feel it. I would say that step one for distinguishing between cravings and hunger is to get the processed foods and the signaling, the messaging, the advertising, this food stimulation. Get that out of your home. Get that out of your workplace. Mm -hmm. Stop um, eating processed foods in the car. So get the cravings to stop, and then you will know that if you want to eat, it's hunger. Okay. That's so so basically, if, if we recognize, okay, I am an emotional eater, I do that, the, the biggest thing you recommend doing is to just cut out those processed foods. Start eating healthier, lean meats, chicken, vegetables. Um, yeah, people don't realize that cravings are not normal because I know for myself, I went to kindergarten with cravings. I ate bre sugary breakfast cereal and dairy. I had milk and toast and jelly and margarine on it. And those were all addictive substances. Mm -hmm. 
So I didn't know that it's possible for cravings to go away, but that is one of the greatest gifts of getting through withdrawal from the processed foods is the cravings will stop. The obsession will stop. Kind of, you get your brain back and it's, it's wonderful, but you do have to kind of create a bubble of protection around yourself because the food industry is quite intense. You're constantly trying to signal, constantly trying to activate that addiction and get you to lose control and eat things that you regret. I'm very thankful that I got to speak with you today. I think it's something a lot of people can take to heart. Thank Thank you. you. Okay. Welcome back to the Angel Baby Show. I just had a very eye-opening interview with Dr. Joan Iflin. Please make sure to watch it if you can. Um, Just to kind of debrief on what she just said, she basically compared sugar to being as highly addictive as some drugs. And tobacco companies in the 1950s switched from selling cigarettes to selling candy and kids stores because it was like the same strategy of like um, drawing on people's addictions. And I personally can totally relate because I have the biggest sweet tooth ever. And whenever I have a lot of sugar, I kind of wake up the next day and want some more sugar. So um, I'm definitely like kind of concerned with my past <laughs> habits. Um, and Literally. I yeah. listening to that. I like was thinking about how I was in high school. And <laughs> I remember in high school, there was these cookies. I was actually just thinking about them the other night because I was craving them like a drug. And the cookies were like the size of my face. And I would literally just, I would eat them every single day. Like, <laughs> literally every single day and everyone knew that like i was obsessed with the cookies and i was like literally i would crave them sometimes i still crave them to this day so i fully believe everything that she was no it it is so true and like i i personally find myself and this is so bad but like more tempted instead of having like a full meal like i just really want the dessert like i really want the dessert and so like yeah don't like listen to me but i'm just i'm it's very fascinating how like um sweet tooths you know and i'm jealous of people that just don't like sweets i know i've just never really been into them i'm like i'm sorry you don't want this donut like but i'm so envious of those type of people and i don't know people like it's almost cute saying that you have a sweet tooth but then it's just like it's it's not like it's just i don't know it's just not cute but um anyway we will take a lot from her going off to college Speaking of going off to college, we have so much to do, so much to packing, yeah, so, so much packing to do. Um, and it's not okay. I'm but not yeah, know. but this is Elise's. Elise has done this a couple more times than I have. Um, so Elise, I don't know. Is there any like packing tips? You know, you I like this is coming from someone and I think this is just how we were kind of raised and how our family was. When I first went to college, I like worked my last day at home at a restaurant. And then mom and I like Monday, we, I had to move in on Tuesday. It was like Monday at like 7 PM went to home goods. And we were like, okay, we need hangers. We need laundry baskets, like just things that I didn't, I don't know what I was thinking. I just didn't do anything. And that was kind of fun. You know, like, I think there's nothing wrong with last minute packing. I think sometimes you're more decisive and you just kind of get what you need at the last minute. Um, But some things that I've taken over time, uh, I would say it depends on your school and kind of knowing a little bit about what your drawers you're given. If you have a desk, how much space you have. I really liked bringing, and this is for people that let's say you're, you live driving distance from home, or even if you're in college and friends want to take trips, if you get like a big kind of weekend duffel bag, that's really nice. Because for me, if I went on any trip or anything, I could kind of use the duffel bag. Um, Ikea bags are really trendy on TikTok because they're super flexible and they can fit tons of clothes. I've also seen people use trash bags to kind of, because when you're packing, one of the hardest things to pack are your clothes because you have your hangers and anything you're going to need for the whole school year. And so um, the trash bag technique, it's hard to describe over audio, but you kind of put a trash bag over the hangers and then you can kind of hold it and it's super flexible and it fits a ton of things. Very similar to the Ikea bags. Um, 
make a list or if you're lazy like me, just go find a list online. Um, uh, Try to think. You'll need towels, laundry yeah. detergent. <laughs> you'll need lots I know. of what are some things, Ava, that you forgot when you first went to school? This is so funny, but when I first moved into Berkeley, which I'm not at Berkeley anymore, but when I first moved there, I forgot pillows to my bed. And so my mom, this is actually so funny. I my went, mom, I got the pillows for you. Oh no, Elise, okay, Elise and my mom stole the pillows from the hotel room that they were staying at. <laughs> so and sad. I was sleeping on hotel room pillows for for the rest of for the rest of the semester. That's kind um, of aren't those nice though? Like not really okay. No. <laughs> like, I don't know. I almost there's like something to this. The like first like couple of nights with the hotel pillows, you're like, oh my gosh, so nice, like so comfy. It's almost like you're staying like a couple nights at a hotel room. But then after that, I was like, these are like, I don't know, they like deflated. Like, I don't know. They yeah. just like didn't last very long. So I almost think that they have like a short-lived like yeah. know, life expectancy. But but yeah, no, that was something I forgot. It was so funny. My roommates were like, Where are your pillows? I was like, I forgot my pillows. Um, but yeah, no, it's like, it's little things like that, like hangers. It's like, yeah. you don't think of like bringing hangers, but it's just, it's like, I don't know. It's so random. One thing that I got my junior year that I loved was a mini vacuum. That oh, was yeah. something I didn't have my sophomore year. And I got it my junior year and a mini vacuum was just really nice because any little corner i put it on my clothes sometimes like i loved the mini vacuum um i had some, oh yeah so for another thing with like shopping and packing is you do want to pack not a ton of stuff you're not going to have a ton of room and you have to be kind of realistic with yourself like what are things i'm actually going to wear in college like like if you have some formal dress that you wear to church with your family like you probably don't need to bring that um or another thing, and this is like where I am really bad at, is like in college, you're going to have a lot of themed parties, like alien themed or safari themed. And I remember thinking like I would have like a random shirt that I'm never going to wear and it doesn't go with anything in my closet and it's something I haven't touched. But I would think, oh, well, if there's ever a luau party, like I should bring this. <laughs> And I think that like, that's kind of up to you and how much you love the shirt, but like, be realistic with what am I going to wear? What, what's taking up too much space? Uh, a good go-to for like cleaning out your closet is telling yourself, okay, um, you look at a shirt or you look at an item of clothing and you tell yourself, have I worn this in a year? And if you haven't worn it in a year, unless it's just something that like, you're going to need like a suit, but you haven't worn it in a year, um, maybe consider get rid getting rid of it. Because I think you know, there yeah. is something to be said about just like a shirt that doesn't really go with anything. Or yeah, I, yeah. I think if you're like blessed with you know the ability to have a lot of clothes, and you know, n unlike others in life, like that's a good opportunity. Even if you aren't rich, but you you know have a lot of hand-me-downs, have a lot of clothes, it's a good opportunity to donate and you know give clothes that you don't wear anymore especially if you just bought a new shirt try and find a shirt that you haven't worn in a year and give yeah. that give that back um just you know good karma but i um yeah i mean i'm just not looking forward to going back to school i'm like looking at my textbooks i need for economics and i'm like oh my gosh like i haven't done math in a year i'm just not mentally prepared um but Elise, do you have any goals for the semester? They can be small, they can be big, or maybe just a mindset that you're trying to put yourself in before school and before life starts up again. Well, um, we were kind of talking about this last night because I um, have a really hard time saying no to things and projects. <laughs> and junior year, I was really overbooked with things that frankly did not really help me in life. Like I'm the kind of person to say yes to any opportunity because I'm scared of not having anything come in the future. And I'm always, I love to work. I love to be busy. I'm I like addicted to it. And so I kind of did that to myself junior year. And it was really hard. Like 
it was harder for me to write essays. It was harder for me to do my homework. I just didn't get as much done. And I felt like everything I was doing, I didn't do it with a lot of quality. So my goal senior year is to do less, but do those things very well and really focus on what I care about and what matters to me. Um, Cause like I got asked for my internships if I wanted to extend them in the fall. And I really, really wanted to do that because I love to do them and I, I want to do them. And I just had to be realistic with myself. I was like, am I going to write a good senior thesis if I'm driving to LA to do that once a week? And am I going to be a good intern if, I, if I'm there? You know, and I think it's really hard, but that was kind of something I was struggling with. And that's kind of just entertainment in general, because there's so many different things you could do to get yourself out there. And you kind of just have to take a risk sometimes and just trust your gut and know, okay, if I do this, I'm going to be really drained and then I'm not going to go audition for acting gigs or et cetera. So, yeah. So my goal, I guess, sorry, that was so long. Um, my goal is to just protect my peace. Um, <laughs> d- do, d- sorry. That's like my motto. You Our motto. Our motto. Um, just um, do quality over quantity. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But, no, yeah, yeah, no. It was so funny last night. Elise was like trying to get um our opinions about what she should take on and what she shouldn't. She's going down this list of like heavy duty things that she's like planning on doing. And my mom and I are like, Elise, like, are are you okay? Like, what is wrong <laughs> with you? Like, don't do any of those things. That like, my mom literally at the end of it, she was like, I think honestly, you should just quit all of it and just have a fun senior year because you're gonna have to work for the rest <laughs> of your life. Um, which is honestly yeah. good advice. So uh, I think Elisa's is to chill out. Um, but yeah, I I, yeah. What, okay, so tell me your goals this year because yeah, <laughs> um, I. I kind of have like a a different goal than I feel like I'm all over the place every, you know, I just change my mind all the time, but I want to get back into dancing. And, um, I was a competitive dancer in high school and we're going to talk about that in the outro. Um, but I was a competitive dancer and I'm getting back into dancing. Um, and that is going to be on top of school and work and clubs and everything like that. So being really committed to it, I think, I really want to dance like for myself rather than for, you know, somebody else. And it really brings me joy. So I'm excited to talk about that in the next um, segment. But yeah, that was kind of our long winded packing. And then also at the beginning, the interview with the eating your feelings. Um, But yeah, no, just kind of mental health, everything like that, Um, getting back into the swing of things. Um, Because things are about to get really busy for, you know, anyone that's that actually got a summer break. Some people don't, but anyone that got it knows that it's about to come right back at you. So we will see you in just a few minutes. Um, Come back. I'm going to talk about dance. Elise is going to talk about um, acting. And yeah, it's just going to be a great episode. So we'll see you in just a bit. This is the Angel Baby Show. I'm Ava Lynn. And I'm Elise. And we'll see you in a second. Baby, tell me all the details for tomorrow Johnny, my baby's hands, they grip my fingers when they're cold He could be the one to make me never freeze again Because no one is as romantic as him, I want you to know Everyone told me life was hard, but it's a piece of cake Even if Johnny hasn't melted in a couple days You would check your phone so you can't tell me you're okay Because
I'm Valerie Morehouse. I am a celebrity vocal coach. I've been teaching voice and rehabilitating singers for 27 years. I have a new book out that I'm very excited about right here. It's called A Better Voice by Valerie Morehouse. It's stories from the music industry front lines, what people have done that is good in the business, is bad in the business, how they healed after a major vocal injury. It's rehabilitation stories. It's stories about the music industry itself. And I believe that anybody that has a voice or uses their voice in life for anything has to read this book. And you are now listening to The Angel Baby Show. Angel Baby Show. Um, I'm Elise. Uh, Ava and I just had a really interesting back to school shopping guide. Talked a little bit about our goals for the next year and how things are going to get a lot busier, which will keep you guys in tune with what we're up to, what we're doing. Um, and a I'm really excited for the next segment because Ava is going to talk about dance and how one of her biggest goals for next year is to just kind of go back into dancing. Ava used to be a competitive dancer and was amazing and i loved watching her so i'm so excited to hear this but um before we get into that i was just gonna give um and kind of talk a little bit about an acting tip that i have heard a lot recently and so um as everyone knows with the two strikes going on the industry has really slowed down um my internship and everything it was just really fascinating to see how um, so little was being put out there right now. And it is kind of a weird time. Um, so a lot of people were saying like during the summer, just really like maybe take a break, research things, read about it, study acting, you know, but kind of, so I kind of look at the fall as hopefully going at it more. Um, and there's a whole, whole list of things that you could possibly do. Um, to kind of go after acting. And so I think that giving myself the semester of kind of to-do lists and okay, on Monday, you're going to do this. Um, so that being said, this summer, I've really just been kind of watching videos and researching how to get an agent, how to get this. And I wanted to share one that I learned today. And this kind of goes for music. This goes for really any type of career with, that has something to do with like your image. Um, is something that I never, ever really thought about with acting. And it's actually super important is branding and creating your own brand. Um, and this can, I'm sure Ava heard this a lot, like at the voice and something. Um, but for actors, especially when you're starting out, because I mean, there's actors like Christian Bale and people that just completely transform into different people. And that's fantastic and phenomenal but i think when you're initially starting out your job is to be as accessible and easy to an agent as possible and you want people to remember you and they want you want to be picked you want to be chosen for the role and so having being as distinctive as you can as a person and as original as you can be is one of the best ways to stand out amongst the thousands and millions of other actors out there um so there is really something to be said about kind of knowing like your type in a role. And I think that this is kind of, this is a bit like, there's two sides to this because I think an actor's job is to play someone else. And that's the beauty of acting. But I think that initially when you're starting out and I'll kind of explain why, um, when you're initially just trying to make it as an actor and you don't have an agent, you don't have any connections, you're going to want to go onto actors access or backstage. And these are self-submitting places that you can go and submit yourself to auditions. And this is a great gateway to kind of potentially get an agent, which is something I talked about on one of our previous episodes. And when you audition for these roles, you get to pick which ones you want to submit your headshot for. And you have to be kind of decisive about 
okay, there's going to be probably thousands and thousands of auditions being submitted every day. Some of them are scams. Some of them aren't real. You have to be careful and do your research, but they'll, they'll say, okay, I need a bubbly young girl, or I need a smart, sophisticated doctor. And I need a, um, macho man, or I need, you know, and it's like these personality traits. And I think that one of the biggest keys I got it in anytime I did a theater, anytime I did an acting class is to ask people around you. And it's kind of cheesy, but like, how do you perceive me? Like, how do I come across? Because like, for me, um, I'm just going to be honest here. Like one time I did a self tape for like a superhero thing. And she was like a very strong leader woman, very sophisticated and like an undercover doctor. And I just like sounded really stupid. And like, I was making it sound funny even when I'm not. And um, I think that's kind of where you like know your brand. You're like, okay, maybe like, I don't really fit that vibe very well and when i act that way it's not very believable so i should try to stick to roles that kind of suit my personality better um but you know it's it obviously like a great actor can kind of do anything so it's it's very like kind of up to you but ava what do you think about that and like your brain yeah no you were like you were saying i i dealt with a similar thing with genre um kind of the branding of yourself when you're a singer and you're like they're like, okay, well, what do you sing? Like, what's your genre? And I was like, well, I sing everything. I love everything. And people were like, you can't say that. Like, you have to say something. Um, Because at the end of the day, you definitely do have preferences. And there's a way that you look um, that fits things more than others. You know, obviously, Margot Robbie is, you know, a blonde bombshell. And those are usually the roles that she plays. Um, And they're way different than each other. You know, obviously not saying that a blonde is, you know, the same thing every time. But you know but then at the same time she also plays marie antoinette so like, obviously yeah. you can brand yourself and be different things but i think that was great advice at least for acting and also for music um but yeah i think it, i think it's kind of coming down to like being true to yourself and being because the goal of acting is to be as authentic and real as possible when you're performing and and harness like real emotions when you're performing and so i think that's kind of where the brand and you know brands come in like you don't have to follow this it's just an advice that i've been given a lot and so i thought i would share it with the angel baby show um but yeah that's it for my like acting discussion today and now i'm super excited to have ava talk a little bit about dance and we will be right back Welcome back to the Angel Baby Show. This is our last segment. I'm Ava Lynn, and Elise was just talking to us about acting tips, talking about branding, which is really important. Um, Kind of something that I've always struggled with um, because I just feel like I want to do everything. I want to be a singer, a dancer, you know, like a broadcast journalist. And um, it's hard for me to find an avenue, but there's also that, you know, kind of triple threat that you can find yourself in, you know, the more things you can do, the better. Um, But I 
yeah, I was just going to kind of close out today by talking about dancing. Um, kind of a refreshing topic for me because not a lot of people know I dance. It's really not on my Instagram. I remember even when I was on varsity dance in high school, some people didn't even know I was on the team. Um, I just never really talk about it. I never advertise it. I think um, for a lot of different reasons, I did cheer and soccer growing up. I've always been in dance, but you know, I never really took it too seriously. Did a little bit of competition. Um, but I guess I just, I don't know. I just have never really pursued it, never taken it seriously. But you know, once you get to college, I think you kind of start to miss things that are part of your everyday life before you go to college. You know, like things, random things like taking photos or, you know, going outside on a walk with your family. Journaling or, yeah. yeah, journaling, random things that were part of your everyday life in high school. And then you just forget to incorporate into your new college lifestyle. So um, I think it was just last semester. I really started missing dance. I started like that was like my main bread and butter in high school. Like, honestly, I would consider myself more of a dancer than a singer in high school just because it was an everyday competitive situation. Yeah. And and not to cut in, but like, oh, yeah, you like I went to a different high school than you. My school didn't have sports, but you had practices every day after school. You would get home at like 10 o'clock at night from dance. You guys were all and Ava's dance team at Cathedral. That was a big reason why you went to Cathedral was because yeah. of the dance team's reputation. And your team was absolutely fabulous. You were fabulous. And I remember yeah. I, I would drive all the way home from college just to go to your like <laughs> spring and Christmas performances because you guys to me were like the Rockettes. I mean this was another level of like competitive intense rigorous stance and so i think that you need to like hype yourself up and know that like, you were just like practicing dance like you weren't just taking dance classes you were no yeah i mean i think southern california competitive dance dance teams um are just a different world like i don't think people fully grasp how competitive it is how intense it is um the high school specifically i was at was a lot of wealth a lot of um, really, really, really intense competitive dancers. And I truly was kind of coming off fresh face, did not know like the ropes of, you know, what dance studio to go to, what, where to train, everything like that. So I kind of grew throughout high school um, and my team grew too. I, after I gra- the year after I graduated, they won um, nationals and we had like crazy dancers. Like, so you think you can dance dancers that are on like some of the best college teams now. Um, so for me, I just never felt like I was a dancer, but at the same time, I never felt like I was a singer. Um, so I just kind of felt like I was like, fulfilling all these different roles. But now in college, I really do feel like a dancer. It was a huge part of my life. Um, So I'm really excited. I'm taking a ballet class um, just through the school, which I'm really excited about. A little bit nervous. I haven't taken ballet in a while. Um, I used to be on point. Elise used to be on point too. And then um, Elise was a dancer actually too. And she always, she never mentions it because I kind of like took the like dancer role in the family. But um, Elise is a dancer too. So Elise is also taking a dance class. Um, <laughs> but yeah, besides that. But mine's like my my three friends and my roommates and I were taking like a like a funny, like chill class. But I we did cheerleading in North Carolina. So I went from dance to cheerleading. And then when we moved to California, I was a little bit older and my school wasn't like a sporty school. We didn't have cheer, we didn't have dance. But Ava, her freshman year in high school, started this competitive dance team so Ava really did kind of progress to like to in my opinion like an advanced professional dancer the rest of us just kind of like dabbled in it but (laughs) it's funny though I what kind of prompted me to get back into dance I was trying to think back I was like what made it was kind of last semester I was like what made me want to do dance again because I was kind of scarred in like a lot of different ways and I realized it was actually this DCC camp that Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader Camp that my mom signed me up for for Christmas. It was like a Christmas birthday gift. And um, I went with my friend in high school who's on the dance team with me. I was so nervous because I'm like, I'm about to like enter the Texas 
professional like dancer cheerleading world i was so scared to see those girls like they just seemed so intimidating i got i went i forgot how much i miss dancing i forgot how much i love performing and that was another part of you know, the aspect of dancing that I wanted to bring into this show today is dancing for me is really important for live performances that I do. The more I feel comfortable dancing in front of a crowd on stage, the better I am when it comes to live performances and singing in front of people. It all goes together. You know, the, the broadcasting thing that I did and the, you know, dancing that I did in front of football crowds and stages and a bunch of different stuff. And then also just the singing that I do, it all kind of coincide. It it all just comes together in like this perfect, you know, you know, little bubble of like performances, live performances. And, you know, when you think about performers, Taylor Swift, Doja Cat, Harry Styles, you know, they all pretty much anyone that's in the, like the kind of upbeat pop era, they all incorporate some type of dancing and they don't have to be like good at it. You know, they don't have to be Britney Spears, but they all, you know, have to be comfortable with moving their bodies on stage. So um, that's kind of another driving factor behind why I want to pick up dancing again, besides the fact that I miss it and it makes me super happy. It is really good for my performances. And um, I actually have a solo this year in acapella and I help choreograph for my acapella team. So I will be, you know, having to choreograph myself when it comes to this, you know, live performance of this Ariana Grande song that's upbeat and fun. And anyway, I'm just I'm excited to get back into dancing. I think it's going to make me feel way more comfortable on stage. Um, And I'm just I'm very excited. I know like anyone that was a student athlete in high school or even in college there, that sport is such a big part of your life that you almost take it for granted when it's gone or when it's gone, you realize how much you take it. You took it for granted because it was such a huge part of your life. Literally all of my friends, my best friends in high school, the the girls in my life were all on my dance team. Um, It was just a massive part of my life. So I'm excited to get back into it. Um, I've been trying to stretch and condition before I get back into classes. You know, Elise sees me in the living room. I'll be doing like dancer Pilates. Yeah, like, and it's intense. So, I look, and you're like, do you want to do it with me? And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. But it's it's really healthy, like especially in college. I think um, to focus on like physical health because you know if you're going out, if you're not sleeping, like. You just need to find the time to like make sure that you're physically doing okay um, and not exhausted all the time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, very long winded. I'm excited to get back into it. Um, so excited to watch you. And I, it, I told Ava what Ava's also helped me with is like before working out stretching, which is something that I've never done. Ava still has all of her splits, by the way, after like taking a break from dance and for <laughs> I don't know two years, which to me is insane. And um, Ava has been leading me in stretches. And I think that just even, I think just dances, I like personally would like to do more dance just to like, I think it's so good for like your posture and your movement and the way that you walk around and the way that you enter a room, you know, you can tell when people have had dance in their life and it's so just attractive. Like it's very like, um, you really want to like, you're drawn to people that have like a grace about them from the way they move. So, yeah. Um, no, and if, if you're at least like you are taking a dance class with your roommates who are lacrosse girls, um, <laughs> and dance is one of those things that's really fun to be like, let's just go to a dance class because yeah. you're very, if you walk into that class and you're like, I'm here to have fun. I'm here to learn. I'm not here to like be a professional <laughs> dancing with the stars. Um, you know, dancer, it's so much fun and it's intimidating at first, but then it's so much fun after you're done with the class. It's a, it's way better to walk in with that attitude. But with all of that said, I feel like we've had a crazy episode today. We've been all over talking about Snow White, you know, then eating habits and then packing for college and then acting and branding and then dancing. So hopefully you got, you know, something, something, something <laughs> out of all of the different things, but we are going to close today by thanking obviously the people that listen and um support us 
We have um, some really funny, actually, we know one of our top listeners, but our number one listener is Man Mohan. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, I think he or she was on our top top list the last, yeah. you know, the last time we got, we did so some shout outs. Thank you. Yeah, so thanks. And then number two is Brady Harris kind of a cute name and then number three is michael sweeney who we actually know he goes to college with us so thanks michael sweeney yes. um and then number four is amanda diaz yes yeah um so thank you, thank guys. you guys for listening so sweet um we you know follow us on instagram dm us we still have our little giveaway with noelle crooks um her book under the influence it's like a devil wears prada type book um, we still have that going on. So DM me if you want a copy of her book, DM us and we will totally give it to you. Um, we're excited to promote her book. It's it's really interesting. And if you missed that episode, it was last episode, episode 10, right? We're on episode 11. So that was we're episode on episode 11. Yeah, yeah exciting. Um, but yeah, no, in our top countries were this is so fun to us. We like have such a fun time doing this, but um, United States. United Kingdom, Finland, India, Spain, Canada, and Peru in the last seven days. Shout out. Um, so shout out. That is so exciting. We have Jeremiah Higgins um, giving us our little, you know, breakdown of everyone who listens. Um, so we see all of you. We love all of you. And we thank all of you for listening. It's very exciting. Um, but yeah, this is a very fun episode, episode 11. Thank you, Dr. D, our sound engineer, for making us sound great. Um, we're, we're, you know, trying to upload new music. I'll be uploading my new music um, hopefully soon yes. um, so you guys can listen. And um, but yeah, no, this episode, we kind of tried to do some back to school Britney Spears type. But maybe we'll put in some 1989 Taylor Swift. Um maybe even Snow White. I don't know. You'll see. But um, but yeah, thank you, Dr. D, for our sound engineer. And thank you, Jeremiah Higgins, our executive producer, for making all of this happen. I'm Ava Lynn. And I'm Elise. This is the Angel Baby Show. And we're so grateful to have you all here. And we will see you next time on episode 12. Thank you. Is that girl like You talking shit for the hell of it Addicted to betrayal but you're relevant You terrified to look down Cause if you dare you see the glare Of everyone you burn just to get there It's coming back around And I keep my side of the street clean Text by the bounce. Karma is a fire in your house. And she bout to pop up unannounced. And she never leaving you alone. Watch her put your ops on a throne. Got you waving pretty white flags. Feeling for that cash. Thinking it'll save ya. Now you switching up your behavior. It's okay, baby. You ain't gotta worry. Karma never gets lazy. So I keep my head up, my bread up. I won't let up. Promise that you'll never endeavor with none lesser. Ever, ever. I be dragging that wagon. Karma is a beauty. Winning that pageant. Cause karma is my boyfriend Karma is a god Karma is the breeze in my hair on the weekend Karma's a relaxing thought Aren't you envious that for you it's not Sweet like honey Karma is a cat Purring in my lap cause it loves me Flexing like a goddamn acrobat Me and karma vibe like
thunder rattling your ground karma's on your scent like a bounty hunter and karma's gonna track you down step by step from town to town sweet like justice karma is the queen karma takes all my friends to the summit karma is the guy on the screen listeners we appreciate you and want to hear from you please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound producer engineer Richard Dr. D. Dugan. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. And me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.